Welcome to the Life Central Podcast. It is so good to have you come and connect with us again this week. We trust that this session will be helpful to you in your faith journey. Welcome and thank you so much for joining us today. It's so good to have you with us. If it's your first visit, thank you as well and we hope it's the first of many. Now, we're entering the part of here where we get invited to all kinds of year-end events and year-end parties. And it's the time of year where we get confronted with a little question over and over and over again. How was your year? Now, this little question might seem innocuous. It might seem very innocent, but it gets us thinking. And that's where the danger lies, is when we start getting in our own heads about how was your year and suddenly we're assessing we are measuring what was the success of my year what was the quality of my work what progress did i make this year and before you know it you are so in your head that you are literally being audited at the staff bri i don't know if this is important (laughs) for us to get into that motion and for us to get into our headspace like that but so often, we, we kind of build this natural defense and we'll have witty comments to, to secure uh, a way out. And if somebody asks you, how was your year? You'll, you'll say something like, well, it was just like everybody else's, subject to decay and entropy and eventual death. Thank you so much for asking. Now, I'm convinced that that natural reaction is not the best way to deal with all of this. John Maxwell says, experience teaches nothing. Evaluated experience teaches everything. He also says, if you aren't making mistakes, you probably aren't trying hard enough. Now, these are very wise and very important words to remember as we land up in this space in this time of year where everything gets measured, where everything gets evaluated and where we get into our own heads so badly. Psalm 37 verses 3 to 5 says this, Trust in the Lord and do good. Live in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him and He will do it. There's a little word in there right at the top that really caught my attention, and it's the word cultivate. Now, to cultivate means to acquire or develop a new skill or a new quality. It also means to improve or elevate in a certain area. Simply speaking, it means to work hard at something and to grow its potential. Now, evaluation is hard, and as long as I can remember, if there's a test, it meant, evalu- it meant evaluation, and I stressed out. And so it's very much like that when we work today, when we're in exams these days, when it doesn't matter what area of life, doesn't matter what stage of life we're in, evaluation happens all the time. And I'll be honest with you, trying to run away from it, <laughs> it happens all the time. But it's super necessary. And it's vital, in fact, if we are looking to grow to our full 
potential. Now, the little word cultivating also got me thinking about gardening. Now, I enjoy a little bit of gardening. I'm not extremely good at it, but I try hard. But there's few things in life that are as satisfying as actually eating the literal fruit of your labor. That pasta sauce with those fresh tomatoes is just a little bit better. Those french fries with the potatoes that came out of your garden. I don't know, they're a little bit crispier and they're a little bit tastier. I don't know how. <laughs> and honestly, fresh chili is just better with everything. Now, the taste might be exactly, exactly the same, but as you can hear, I am biased and I don't really think so. But the satisfaction of knowing that you produced this, you grew it, you loved it, and now you're enjoying it, man, that feeling is unequaled, really. But gardening and cultivating is a process, and it involves planning, it involves labor, it involves learning, and it involves a big important word, evaluation. We need to think of where are we going to plant? How much sun does this thing need? How much water does this thing need? And the question on my lips all the time is, did I plant vegetables or did I plant weeds? Because those things just grow. They don't need any motivation. But with constant attention and constant evaluation, the expectation of growth and the expectation of full potential might actually be realized in these whatever we're growing. Now this makes for a really, really rich metaphor. And it's probably the reason why there's so many stories of agriculture in the Bible, because it's so relatable. Jesus uses a whole bunch of agriculture parables, and I want to concentrate on one of them today, and that's Matthew 13. Matthew 13 from verse 3 says the following. He told many stories in the form of parables such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on the footpath and birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on the shallow swirl with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the swirl was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among the thorns that grew up and choked them out. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even a hundred times as much as had been planted Anyone with, ears, uh, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Now, in this parable, a man goes out and he sows some seed, probably grain. Um, and there's two important representations in this parable. The first is the seed. And the seed represents the word of God. The second thing that gets represented is the soil. And the soil represents the condition of our hearts. Now, God's word, God's good word, is sown into all these different places. And it does 
what seed does when it lands in good soil. It starts to grow. It starts to deepen its roots and it starts to head to a place where it can reach its full potential. Now, the seed in this parable fell on four very specific pieces of ground, specific conditions of soil. Like we have different heart conditions. I want to say all through the day, never mind all through our lives. Now, we start with some of the seed falling on the footpath. Now, for starters, sowing seed on the footpath makes very little sense. But at this time, Jesus was speaking to people with this in mind. Everybody would have their field and their neighbor would have their field while neighboring theirs. And if you know anything about people, you know that good fences make good neighbors. And so to have a good boundary and good neighbors in the end, people would pack rocks along the boundary lines of these neighboring fields. And you'd clean your field and you'd pack the rocks on that boundary, on that boundary line. Then, because that boundary line is kind of seen as no man's land, it was often nobody's responsibility to clean it up. And so you'll have thorns and thistles and all kinds of unwanted things growing in the space. Between the rock boundary, the thorns that everybody hates, and the good swill <laughs> that we're all looking for, there was a path. Now, this path was used by the farmer to walk around his field and to cultivate his field and to take care of his field and to evaluate continually what his field is looking like right now. And so that little footpath would get very rocky and very hard and would not be suitable for anything to grow in it. And so there we have the four types of soil. We have the rocks, we have the thorns, we have the path, and we have the good soil that the field is actually meant for. So to continue on, to this seed that fell in the path. Jesus actually explained this parable very nicely to his disciples as we continue in Matthew 13. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer sowing seeds. The seeds that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and do not understand it. The evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. As we said earlier, the footpath is not ready for seed. In fact, it has dedicated itself for something other than being good soil and growing uh, anything really. Now the message here will never penetrate the soil. It'll never get into folks' hearts who has hardened their hearts and have decided that they don't want anything to do with God. A lot of people at this stage often goes, yes, and then the devil steals the seed away. Now, I'll be honest, in the parable, the seed falls on the path and birds do what birds do best. They come and they pick up the seed and they eat it. And in our lives, the enemy of, the, of our souls do exactly the same thing. In the places where our hearts are hot, we have just allowed him to do exactly what he knows best to do. Now, some of the seed fell on rocky ground, that boundary line that we spoke of, that shallow soil 
with underlying rock. Jesus said this, The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. So the seed is still good, but the ground at this stage is a struggle. You see, when the sun beats down on these little seeds that has just landed on this rocky ground, they don't really stand much of a chance because they haven't had a chance to let their roots grow down and get good nutrients and moisture somewhere deep down in the soil. No, they, their roots grow into a rock and probably turn sideways and that rock is as hot as the sun, is as hot as the soil they're in, and they die. Now, practically, there's a lot of us that live in that space in certain areas of our lives because we have hard and rocky pieces <laughs> in our hearts. You see, through the trial, through the temptation, when the sun beats down on us, we've hardened our hearts in certain areas. And we've often said, I want to follow Jesus. I want to live this life. I want to have a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And then life happens. Life gets hard. Somebody gets sick. Somebody loses their life. Somebody loses a job or a home. And life gets very real and very tough very quickly. And so often in this moment, people pulls out the question that says, if God really loved me, he wouldn't allow these things to happen to me. You see, we will be faced in life with running after comfort or holding on to God in daily situations. You see, we can say that we get it, that we sold out, but the test is in the difficulty. The test is in the hard times. Because that's when, like we like to say, that's where the rubber meets the road. There's always the right temptation to get us, to take our eyes off of what is really important. Now, I'll be honest with you. This isn't to point a finger at anybody. But this is Jesus giving us a good warning and saying to us, hey, watch out, this happens. Evaluate the soil of your life. Evaluate the soil of your heart. Next up is the seed that fell amongst the thorns. Jesus says, the seed that fell amongst the thorns represent those who hear God's word, but too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of life and the lure of wealth. So, no fruit is produced. This is just the place where God's word is a strong desire in our hearts. But there's also several other strong desires in our hearts. The desire to be first in your industry, the desire to get that deal, the desire to marry that person, to have a girlfriend, to get through school. And I don't want to say that those are bad desires, but the question is, what is the most important desire? You see, it just happens to happen that the thing that we feed most 
grows best. And so, if our desire is after God first, that will grow. But if our desires are after all the things, those will grow greatest. And unfortunately, those often lead to disappointment. Just like those thorns are bigger and stronger and way more intimidating than that little seed sprouting up and, and being a little seedling, in the same way, these desires of uh, being socially at the top of your game, in your workplace, being the top of your game, earning that salary, driving that car, living in that neighborhood, having that entertainment entertain me, those things can be bigger, stronger, way more intimidating than our desire for God and the things of God. And it often trips us up, up in terrible ways. So what enjoys the most attention in our lives? Is it God's message or is it the message that we've, we're selling ourselves and maybe somebody else is selling you and me? Because whatever we feed best will grow to its potential. Once again, this is not to point, it, to point a finger, but it's Jesus giving us a warning and saying, hey, be aware, evaluate the swell of your life. Evaluate your heart. Now, some of the seed did fall in good soil. And Jesus says this, The seed that fell in the good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as, as what had been planted. This is the time when the message didn't fall on deaf ears. You see, these people heard it and they adjusted their lives. They didn't try to adjust God's message to their lives. No, they adjusted their lives to God's message. And they took the application of God's word seriously. And so everything changed for them. Now, I'm not for a moment here talking about sudden perfection. <laughs> I'm talking here about growth, slow growth often. See, this is when we allow the message, the Word of God, to soak us until we are properly wet. <laughs> and then for us to live it out, for us to give it out, for us to make others part of what we've experienced. See. I planted some tomatoes back in September, but I had to take care of the ground all the way back in May. I had to till it, I had to fertilize it, I had to water it, I had to weed it. And for some reason, over the last four or five years, I've been planting there and somehow there's still rocks in that soil. They just seem to come up out of nowhere. I don't understand, I don't understand it at all. But it's very much like that in our lives, isn't it? These places in our lives where, where we thought that I've dealt with this. The, like this piece of my heart should be clean. Like things should grow here. Things should be good here. And it seems like things surface again over time. But after May, where I got the soil ready, and September, where I started planting, uh, during, somewhere during the winter, one of my tomatoes must have fallen in the ground and 
uh, it germinated early spring and there was these little tomato plants coming up right in the middle of my garden. And so I took them apart and I planted these 20 little tomato plants that came from one tomato. And it was really, really cool. But they didn't enjoy that. They didn't enjoy being taken out of the ground and put in other places. No, I had to water them. I had to love them. I had to take care of them again. I didn't start speaking to them. I'll give you that. But today, about two months later, I am looking at nice, big, sturdy tomato plants. And we're seeing fruit. In fact, we're seeing a lot of fruit. Probably more fruit than what we can eat. But that was the point. That was, the point was to cultivate. The point was to evaluate. The point was to make sure that the soil is ready to have the full potential of these tomatoes reached. So it took time and it took lots of evaluation. Now, Jesus' parable points us back to a place where the Old Testament speaks of something that grew a hundredfold. The only place where the Old Testament speaks of anything growing a hundredfold. And that's back in Genesis. It says, when Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than what he planted. For the Lord blessed him. Jesus is pointing us back there because there's, there's two important references there. The first one that we pick up on is this massive blessing of a hundredfold that God gives to Isaac. But the more important thing that we have to concentrate on was Isaac's responsibility. He had to plant to have something that could grow to its full potential of a hundredfold. So as we take our next step, we need to do our part. We need to evaluate the condition of the soil in our hearts. For some of us, uh, it might be a rocky, hard footpath. And today's message goes, maybe I should allow some of that word to land in my heart. Maybe this is what I need to start doing. For others of us, there might be hard, rocky ground, where the ground is shallow and the rocks are close, where things take hold, but they never get the chance to really dig into the soil, where God's word never really gets to hold on to you, but you hold on to other things all the time. You see, we see these things that, that wasn't here last year, and I'm pretty sure I, I dealt with them last year. And they've surfaced again. And this is the part where we go, I need to pay attention to this part of my heart. There's trials, there's temptations, there's hard times that come all the time. But we can know this. We can hold on to God's good message because it is ready to be planted in our hearts to grow to full potential if we are willing to evaluate now there's another one. There might be God's word falling between the thorns of our hearts. You know, the things that choke out God's word, those distractions that we live with, those distractions that we have in, in everything that we deal with. Um, you prayed for something. God blessed you with that something. 
and now the problem is that something is keeping you away from the community of God. Uh, once again, I'm not pointing a finger, I'm not calling you out, but I am saying that Jesus said that it's important that we evaluate. Be warned, look out for these things because they will hold you back from the full potential that you might have. Jesus promises this enormous blessing when we take responsibility for the condition of our hearts. May that be what we go out to do in wherever we go today. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you that you challenge us to grow into the people that you have created us to be, to grow into our full potential. But Lord, that you have given us this responsibility to actually tend to the soil of our hearts. Lord, that it's, no, it's nobody else's fault. Lord, that, that we can't point a finger. But Lord, when we take responsibility, you help us to grow to our full potential. I thank you, Lord, that we can take this challenge. And Lord, with your help, we can grow into exactly who you've created us to be, to carry your life, your goodness, your good message into all the world as you have asked us to, to love you and to love others on a daily basis. I thank you, Lord, that you help us. You give us the strength, you give us the courage, and Lord, the motivation and even the challenge to be able to do this. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Once again, thank you so much for joining us today. May you have a wonderful week. If you enjoyed this session and you'd like to know more about us, then please come and connect with us through our website, our social media platforms, and come subscribe to our YouTube channel. All the links are listed below. Beyond that, we trust that you have an incredible week.